It is Friday, April 7th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by MLB Nine Innings. That is my man, the soccer jersey wearing Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. What, what are you wearing? I got my inner jersey on. It's a kit, actually. And I don't know. I woke up this morning. I felt like light on my feet, like I was an athlete. So I just put this on because I really believe some of these uh, soccer dudes might be the best athletes in the world. Yeah, they can run. There's no question. I thought maybe that you'd be wearing one of the nine new jerseys the Minnesota Twins sent you since they (laughs) have their official home opener today against the Houston Astros. No? Big. It's big. It's a big series. Okay. Today's episode of Baseball Today presented to you by MLB Nine Innings, which has a wide variety of game modes, including league mode. That's where users play throughout an entire season to live play by play. They have over 2000 player cards to collect and use in your dream roster as well. They've got the most up-to-date rosters, logos, ballparks, unis. They got it all. And they're introducing new historic hall of fame players to MLB nine innings roster. People like Larry Walker, the big train, Walter Johnson, Hank Aaron, Mike Schmidt, Trevor Hoffman. So I want you to download and play MLB nine innings 23 today with the link in the description. Plus, we're going to have our MLB Nine Innings question of the week coming up a little bit later, so we'll find out who's going to get famous and get some baseball today swag. Let's start off with uh, one of the better series this weekend that got a jump on a four-game set last night, and I will tell you this. If we get the Padres and Braves in the month of October, we as baseball fans are going to be treated to something special. Back and forth game last night, Strider was dotting it for a while. Snell was all over the place. Padres get a couple of big flies, take a lead. Braves come back and eventually a walk-off hit by Orlando Arcia. So I ask you, what's the bigger story? Arcia's amazing start for the Braves so far, or the fact that Josh Hader was once again nowhere to be found last night? I'm going to take uh, Orlando Arcia on this one just because of the expectations that were coming on him coming into the season, which are absolutely nothing. Basically you have the rest of that Braves lineup around him. Everyone thought Von Grissom was going to be the shortstop. There was videos of him working with Wash and, and, you know, trying to polish the defense. And then late in spring training, we found out Von got option. We're going to go with Orlando Arcia and, and, you know, around Braves Twitter, I follow a bunch of people. I'm not going to name names. <laughs> Ashland, uh, they were not happy uh, that Orlando Arcia was the starting shortstop. The one person that was like, you know what? I think he could be good. Well, there's two people. It was Foolish Bailey and myself. And I said, look, this guy is going to be serviceable. He doesn't have to be a star in that lineup. Let him go out there and be himself. It'll be plenty enough. And I even said, this guy's going to have some big moments. And he's going to have some bad moments. But I think in the end, he's going to be serviceable. And that's really, again, that's all they need. Well, this guy's been lights out. I mean, he's hitting 370. Uh, two homers already and 27 at bats. I mean, a walk-off hit here. No one's thinking about Vaughn right now. And to have a guy like Vaughn waiting in the wings just shows you the kind of depth that the Braves have. So I love that Arcia, you know, from that nine spot is is putting up these numbers. Uh, but this Braves team is a freaking wagon. I love them. They're fun to watch. They are a great, great squad and off to a smoking start and laying it down against some teams that – we think are true World Series contenders so far in the Cardinals and the Padres. Um, the other thing about Arcia is that he has had the ups and downs already of a roller coaster career, right? He was a top yes. 10 prospect, 
seven, eight years ago, whatever it was. He was supposed to be the dude in Milwaukee for the next decade. He had some nice moments. He had some terrible moments. They shipped him out of town. He came in very handy last year when Ozzie Albies went down. In fact, he was one of the few guys that hit in that playoff series against the Phillies. Uh, so he is more than capable of playing. Now, is he going to end up being a top-notch shortstop? No, he won't be. And I care more if I'm an Atlanta Braves fan that he makes the routine play than if he gets walk-off hits. I really do. We pay other guys in that lineup to go do that sort of stuff. If he can chime in occasionally, great. If not, just catch the ball. That's all I care about. He's doing a really nice job. And in fact, on opening day, signed a three-year, team-friendly $7.3 million contract extension. So if he is your starter, certainly for this year, and serviceable the next two in whatever role you want him to play, that's a win. Another win contractually for Atlanta. I do want to touch on the Padres' bullpen situation. It is a mess so far. They mm -hmm. had two guys in Honeywell and Garcia that were down last night. Krismet, who was dependable last year, is not right now a late-inning leverage guy. I do wonder where Josh Hader was. I, th I really think we have to start rethinking this as a baseball community. When you get to the ninth inning and it's a tie game, even if you're on the road and you say, well, I got to save my closer in case we get to the 10th. Well, guess what? They didn't get to the 10th. Like, I feel like I'm talking about the Padres too much, not using Josh Hader. What's happening? Why were Garcia and Honeywell not available? The last time they pitched was Tuesday night. What? Like, yeah, well, but they were overused. I think, um, I, two yes, days rest. Both of them. Well, I think both of them went Monday, Tuesday, I want to say. I know Honeywell did. And, of course, we know all about his injury history. Yeah. And you know this as much as anybody. You have to – you do have to baby guys at the beginning of a season. They're not They're not necessarily built to go three times in four days at this point of the year is what I've been told. I mean, that's kind of what you want to say about Hader then as well because I'm assuming they don't want him to go more than three outs. Now, I get what you're saying, bring him in and tie game. That's just like not conventional managing. And, you know, if you're looking at – lanes to bring them in if tie game you have the bottom of the order coming up which the Braves did I mean I could see them wanting to see if somebody else could get through it the problem is they got a six-man rotation going right now uh, a couple of their relievers they brought in to to be those late inning guys are on the injured list so they don't really have a ton of great options there like you said Chris Matt's not really a late inning guy right now um so I think that's what Bowman was thinking like let me try to sneak through this ninth and then we have Hader in the 10th and I assume, Chris, that he would have been out there in the 10th if they got through the 9th unscathed. I, oh, he would He said that. Okay. Then that's the thinking. It's difficult to lose a game without your, your guy on the hill. I understand that. But I, I think when you're talking about early season stuff, uh, you don't want to overuse these guys. I, I kind of understand it. You want them to be healthy come September, come October. Mm -hmm. I know this seems well, like a big deal right now, this one game, but. He's only pitched two innings all year. He's, yeah. He hadn't pitched since Sunday. So I guess that's my point is that we can't have a 10th inning if we don't get through the ninth. So I don't care whether it's the bottom and people say, well, if you do take a lead, then you've got a guy who's unfamiliar in that role. Well, okay, fine. I'll roll the dice. I just, I think it's something we need to think about. You know, Brian Kenny, when I used to work with him, wanted your best reliever pitching in the sixth sometimes because that's the highest, could be the highest leverage situation in the game. You just never know. Um, I wouldn't go that far, but I, I understand his thought process. But certainly, I do think that in a tie game on the road, like I said, you ain't getting extras. 
can't stop yeah. that team from scoring. It's just something to kick around. I are think. they uh are they thinking about putting Lugo back in the pen? It's I mean well, so somebody's going back. Musgrove just made a um a rehab start. He's probably got at least one more down in the minors, and then he will join the team. Probably when they get back from this road trip, is my guess. But one of those guys will help fortify that. Plus Suarez, who they inked to that extension, yeah, was great last year for them. Is banged up. He's on the injured list right and now. Pomeranz. So they they yeah. are playing. They're they're playing well. They haven't had Pomeranz forever, so they are playing shorthanded. Uh, the team whose cap I am donning today, the lone unbeaten left in baseball after our first week plus, the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, so far, they have taken it to the powerhouses of Detroit and Washington. And this weekend, they welcome those hard-charging, fighting Oakland A's down to the trop. Are you impressed with Tampa's 6-0 and start? Or do you say, I mean, what's the big deal? Look at who they played. It's probably a little bit of both. You know, I think that we're always, I mean, we're impre- I'm impressed by what they've been able to do. Because these are still big, big teams. You just have to go win these games. I mean, look, the Pirates just went and slept, uh, swept the Red Sox. Like, there are some... Baseball is baseball, man. You still got to go out and play the games. Uh, I think the most important thing with the Rays and what they've been doing, we know they can pitch the ball. And against those offenses, you know, I think you expect them to go out and do what they did. Uh, but they've been banging the ball around the park, too. And I think that's what we will say about this uh, Rays roster is, are they going to are they going to hit enough one through nine? Are they going to be able to do that? And I think right now you're looking at a core group of guys who – just getting the job done right now. I mean, Randy Rosarena's got a 207 OPS plus. Yanni Diaz, 226. Wander Franco, 252. Josh Lowe, 264. Even a guy like Luke Rayleigh's going off. Like, they're getting contributions up and down the lineup. So I think that's one thing you have to take away is they're they're hitting the ball right now. And if these guys stay healthy and are able to contribute offensively, I mean, maybe not to this level, obviously, but consistently put up five runs a game, this is a very, very dangerous team, what they can do defensively and with their pitching staff. So I am impressed with the start. I mean, it's not easy. What are they? They're 6-0? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. It's not easy to go 6-0. I don't care who you're playing. It's the big leagues. Um but yeah, you can look at the teams and, and go hmm, a little bit. I think that's fine. Both both sides are fine there. I I don't like it when people talk about a soft schedule in baseball. This is not college football where you're, you know, you're welcoming a one double A or FCS team or whatever. This is not what that is. Everybody's the Nationals might everybody. be that. <laughs> the Nationals might be that. Don't do that. And you know, I love don't the Nationals. Have, yeah, well, yeah, you really sound like you do. Wow. Holy smokes. You're going to make it very hard for me to get guests on the Rose rotation. <laughs> keep talking that sort of shit about the Washington Nationals. Um, so that that stuff doesn't fly with me. With that being said, what do you think the Rays record will be after playing their next two series against Oakland and Boston, who is giving up a ton of runs? Oh, shit. I don't know. I mean, they're they're gonna win those series in my mind. I like when I think of those series, I think, you know, if they're three game sets, two one, two one. So that'll be ten yeah, and so one, ten and two. Ten and two. They could be ten and two, and we'll be sitting here. Right. By the way, their month of May is really challenging. And they've got two series against the Yankees. I think a series against Baltimore, one against the Mets. There, there's a Milwaukee. There's a bunch of good teams that they're playing. So don't, don't start with me about well, who have the Rays played? Look, they've won each game by at least four runs. They're the first yeah. team since the 18-whatever St. Louis Maroons to do it. Been a hundred and blankety-blank years. 
I didn't have anybody on the St. Louis Maroons on my fantasy team. Yeah, I was going to say, what? I know. <laughs> um, what I will say, now I've kind of lost my train of thought. My goodness, what's going on early this morning? Oh, if you're a team and you've lost a few games uh, to start the season, or you're a Rays fan, you've won every single one, like you just have to understand it's 162 games. Like you're going to have these streaks. You're going to go off and win six, seven in a row. Uh, you're going to go off and lose six, seven in a row. What? You're getting into season. dangerous territory. Why? You're tiptoeing around. It's early in the season and small sample size. You're I didn't say that. Word. I didn't say that. I said you're going <laughs> to go throughout the season. You're going to have streaks both ways, winning streaks and losing streaks. So I'm just trying to tell people if your team is not looking so hot right now, there's a lot of baseball left. We played Nats fans. We can get it going. We can do it. Baseball fans, America's pastime is back. Step up to the plate for some season opener action with DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Talk about hitting it out of the park. I should know something about that. 106 homers in the show. Plus, everyone can get in on the Major League action with a no-sweat bet from DraftKings and all you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code BASEBALL today. New customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code BASEBALL today. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for the tales. On the other end of the spectrum, the New York Mets are licking their wounds after getting hammered up in Milwaukee. Not in a good way. And on top of that, they return home today for their home opener with Omar Nevarez now being gone probably eight or nine weeks. He's got a calf issue. So that means that the number one catching prospect in all of baseball, Francisco Alvarez, is going to be out there joining the team. Luke, why don't you look up and see if he's in the starting lineup? I should have done that. Um, the big question is, should Alvarez be New York's everyday catcher over the next two months? I think he should get a crack at it 100%. You know, you send him down to the minor leagues because he's got to play every day. I mean, I mean, your top prospect like that, that is your development is still uh, paramount. Like you have to get at bats. So I think if he's coming up to, you know, on the roster, which he is, I think he should be playing every single day. The only thing I would say is he's not really known for his like defensive prowess and you got some veteran pitchers there. And if like, they're not into throwing to him and they don't like it, I think that would be one thing that would cause him to maybe not play all the time. Say Scherzer was like, you know what? I kind of like the other guy. Let me throw to him. I think that would cause right. it. I I'd assume unless he just goes off and starts crushing the ball, I'd assume he'd probably play five days a week, which is a lot already maybe, maybe four maybe four games a week because i guess we'll probably have an off day almost yeah. every week play four games a week but chris the caveat to that is if he comes up and mashes maybe those off days are dh days like this this is a guy that can carry a team i know he's young but this guy's got light tower power and you want that in your um lineup every day so i think he should be getting regular at bats whether that is four games a week and then he sits a couple i, I could see that happening for sure uh, but like I said, if his, if he starts to go off and crush the ball, then maybe you want him in even more than that. And this is the type of player he's supposed to be. Offensive-minded, carry a team oh, yeah. with his bat. Game changer. Uh, Thomas Nito is actually getting the start for the home opener against the Marlins. Who's pitching? Here's the thing, McGill. Okay. Um, 
your point is dead on about the veterans in that rotation. Now, I did read a, a quote from Carlos Carrasco, who was on a rehab assignment two years ago um, when Alvarez was just a kid, 19 years old, I think. And he's, and Carrasco said he threw to him again this spring and saw a discernible difference in the way that he calls the game, the way he handles things. Here's the one interesting thing that Trevor May kind of pointed out to me when he joined the Rose rotation about the pitch clock. He said the pitch clock doesn't allow pitchers to think and doesn't allow catchers to work and develop on calling a game. It's like, boom, we just go. So maybe if things have become so fast, that he doesn't have to sit there and try and outthink the hitter that they're just rolling. Now, maybe that helps him ease his way into a lineup because Nito is experienced back there. He's an excellent pitch framer by all the metrics. He's a guy that the veterans are definitely going to want to throw to, but man, the Mets that lived through last year, I just want to read to you the numbers that they got out of the catching position last season, cumulative seven homers, 55 ribs, a 216 average, and an OPS of a whopping 568. The Mets fans are going to be going, please put this kid in. Please. Aren't, aren't most of their pitchers calling their own games anyway? Like I know Scherzer does. I don't know about Cookie. I'm sure Verlander is going to want to. Um, right. So that, that kind of takes a little bit of pressure off him as well. That's an interesting mm-hmm. thing, though, that Trevor May said. I mean, I understand that. You don't have as much time to think between pitches and – you don't really have time to shake off. That's what a lot of these pitchers have been saying. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how that develops. Yep, it is. I want to see him get, yeah, I would say four days a week at least. And he was mashing, by the way, at Syracuse when they were like, hey, please come help us. Oh, speaking of Syracuse, what's up, Jason Benetti? Remember you used to talk crap about me there? Oh, you stop that. What's up, Benetti's Jay? one of the best around. I love that guy. I love him. He's great. So good. Bunch of really interesting series getting going starting on Friday. Which one has piqued your interest the most? I am going to go with a couple central teams here, the Cardinals Brewers series, because coming into the season, you know, we we're so high on the Cardinals. Look up and down the lineup. We saw a bunch of them in the WBC. I think that's what happens, heroes. We saw a bunch of these dudes in the WBC. They had a million people playing. They all were playing pretty well. Like, dude, this Cardinals team is stacked. Lars Newbar, international sensation. Woohoo. We didn't give much credit to the Brewers at all. You know, we, we through the offseason, we're like, you know, they didn't do enough probably offensively. Well, they're doing enough offensively right now. They look great. Cardinals come into town. They have drama in the clubhouse. Like, things aren't going great for them. They just got swept by the Braves. Uh, it's a big series. My boy Jay Flair is starting. Uh, tonight against Woodruff, I believe. And I think these teams are going to go toe to toe, you know, throughout the season. And right now it looks like the Brewers have the leg up on this, on, on, on this matchup right now. So I'm very interested in this series. Another one, quick mention um, Astros at my twins, Dick Bremer's out with COVID. So my guy, Corey Provis is stepping in the box. So shout out. If you're watching uh, the twins game, you're going to hear a new voice, but Corey's the best. Uh, also with the Cardinals Brewers, there is that little issue the Cardinals have had in their clubhouse. Yeah. See how that plays out. Yeah. It'll be very, very interesting. We'll see if Ollie Marmaro comes out today and says some more shit about Tyler O'Neill. Just we'll be be talking about it on Monday. What if he starts making fun of his, like his outfits and stuff like, God, your style's just not good. 
Oh my god. We've done that before. Dressed like a Canadian. Why why don't you wear a Canadian tuxedo? I love Tyler O'Neill. I'm I've become a bigger fan of Tyler O'Neill through this saga. For me, it's the Angels Jays. Jays just laid in. I know is on the Royals, who are not a very good team, unfortunately. Um, but Vlad is swinging it the last couple days. I like that. More importantly, it's what this series, when Toronto paid a visit to Anaheim last year, did. It changed the Angels' season. Let's remember, they got off to a great start a season ago. They were okay. twenty-seven and seventeen. Then they lost a game to the Rangers, and then Toronto came in for four games. In those four games, Ryu beat Otani in the first one. Then in the next three, the Angels' bullpen blew late leads. One where they had the lead going into the seventh. The other two where they had the lead going into the eighth. That all jump-started a 14-game losing streak for the Halos. Joe Madden cut his hair, and then he got chopped. And the Halos never recovered. So this is the time where the Angels go, Toronto, have fun at Disneyland. You are not here to fuck up our season again. We will not let it happen. But my God, if the Angels bullpen blows a lead this weekend against Toronto, you damn well know that our buddy Nate Steele and all the rest of the Halo fans in our wonderful John Boy Media community are going to go, oh, no, not again. Stop it. This is a new year. I forgot about Joe Madden's haircut. That was, I'm so mad we missed that. It was a mohawk, right? And Perry, Perry Manazian, 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 I don't know how to say his name, goes to his house to fire him. And all of a sudden, Joe Madden's got a mohawk. Oh, I wish we could have seen yeah. it. Wait, didn't, didn't, didn't the brawl do this to them? I thought the brawl the got them Seattle? going down. Yeah. Wasn't that what started them going downhill? I, I seriously, I think it was this four game set against Toronto oh. where they lost three late leads. It was something. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Go Patty Sandoval tonight. Go shove against a really good lineup. Another guy from the WBC that is looking good. Uh, had a first good start too. All right, time right now for our MLB nine innings question of the week. We want you to download and play MLB nine innings 23 today with the link in the description. Go do that. A lot of good questions yet again. Chase Carson, I catch heaters is your Twitter handle. You were the big winner because you mixed my two sports together. <laughs> if you could build an NFL offense, I need one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, one tight end. Which MLB players, he said former or current, would make up the best offense? Oh. We are going to chop it down to current because okay, you know the likes of, yeah, we, you know, you can yeah. put Bo Jackson as your running back. And then we're going to go modern day, but Chase, good job. We're going current. Okay. Um, I think I have good answers for this. The running, running back position kind of is up in the air for me. I'm going to give two for that one, if that's okay. Uh, quarterback, easy that. for me, uh, Austin Riley. I think he's big. I think he's mobile. Oh, is that who you chose? Mobile? Enough. Mobile? No, he doesn't have to get – I'm not talking – this guy's a pocket passer, but he can take some hits. He can move around a little bit, and I guarantee Somebody's he can been sling playing for catch with game. Matthew Stafford too much. That's the problem. Okay, you you pick a mobile quarterback. Go ahead. I am – 
going Austin Riley as my quarterback. Do you want to go one for one? I'm going to give you my whole list. Yes. No. Okay. My quarterback is Hunter Green. First of all, I know he's got a howitzer on that right shoulder. He is bigger than Josh Allen. He was a shortstop in high school, which means that he can move around a little bit. I don't have to see him run because I know that he's got some agility. So I imagine he's going to be running over people as well. 6'5", 242. Josh Allen listed at 6'5", 237. I'm taking Hunter Green. Okay. I thought we were talking about guys that actually played a little bit of football because I don't think Hunter did, but I like it. You definitely throw the shit out of the ball, I'm sure. Uh, I'm skipping running back for now. Let me go back to that one. Wide receiver, this is the easiest one for me. Uh, Florida State recruit. Like I think he was a top receiver recruit coming out of high school. Byron Buxton. Go get it. Throw you the would, ball up to him. Yeah. Yeah. You and I are uh, on the same page there. I want a guy that can go track the ball, go catch it, and is going to hang on to it. The only problem I worry about is his durability across the middle. He's not going across the middle for me. I'll tell you who's going across yeah. the middle for me. My big boy, my big tight end. I like big boy tight ends. I'm going Aaron Judge. Big ass fucking target out there. Did we do the same yeah. one? Yes. Yes. Well, there's a guy in the draft coming up in a couple of weeks uh, named Darnell Washington. He is enormous. He is like 6'7", 264 out of Georgia. He wore number zero in college. He is an animal. And all I saw was Aaron Judge lookalike. So there you go. I'm going to tell you something right now about Austin Riley. I just looked it up. I knew he was a quarterback, but he was also an all-state punter. So this guy's my ball player. Okay, wow. you can have Hunter Green. I love you, Hunter. You're He's a pitcher. I think Austin Riley will freaking hammer that thing. Running back, though, C. Rosie. This is a fun one. I'm going to go with like a two-headed monster. A lot of teams in the NFL do that now. I'm going to have, I like, I like little running backs that hide behind the linemen. I like that. Okay. So my number one, my early downs, if you will, Jose Altuve, get lost behind the the lineman, shifty. He can run a little bit. He's kind of yoked up. Like he's got enough thickness there to take some hits. He's going to be my guy, kind of like a, yeah, almost every down back. But when I need a bruiser in there, and this one's kind of off the wall. I don't think this guy played football, but I want a bruiser, a guy that can take some hits at the goal line and hang on to the ball. Someone that like understands pain. I'm going with Tommy Pham. I don't think he's ever oh. going to come out of the game. I think he's going to want to hurt some people, and I need that out mm. of my running back position. So those that two-headed monster right there, Altuve and Tommy Pham, give it to me all day. Okay, I, I kind of dig it. There's a guy in the draft named Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State who is Altuve's size. He actually, I think he measured at five, five and a half at the combine. I like that. He is tiny, but yeah, but he, he was very, very productive. For me, uh, once again, I don't think he played football because he was just such a good baseball player, but man, can he run. In fact, he was clocked as the fastest player in baseball last year, Bobby Witt Jr. Mm. I see him as a Christian McCaffrey. He's actually a little bigger Whoa. than McCaffrey. Catch the ball out of the backfield, but can run between the tackles. I like his ability. Uh, I like his shiftiness. And I want to see the guy go, 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 go. So I'm going to give Bobby Wood Jr. Um, so it's interesting. It's a great have question. Same receiver. Same. It's a great question. I like it. It's fun. It's fun. I mean, the easy answer, you know, six years ago would have been Mike Trout at running back, but not anymore. And Joe Mauer at quarterback. How about that? Yeah. 
Yeah, that would have been good. All right. Um, you guys have another episode of Talking Baseball that's already out, right? It's already out. Jake and I chopped it up last night, and this one's kind of a little crazy. Jake was had a long day at the office, and then he was sick mm. during when we were recording it. So he's got yeah. some funny stuff going on. But, we yeah, we chopped it up about all the series, um, did some topic-based stuff, too. It's pretty good. What do you got? Very good. Uh, latest episode of the Rose Rotation with Trevor May is out. We also recorded with Miguel Rojas, uh, about to record with Lars Newtbar. So there's a lot of good stuff on the horizon when it comes to the Chris Rose rotation. We want everybody to have a good, safe weekend. If you're going to one of the home openers today, please enjoy. Uh, it looks like the weather is going to cooperate, even if it's going to be a bit brisk in some areas. That's quite all right. We will see you again Monday here on Baseball Today for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Have a great baseball weekend, everybody. <laughs>